love, is that you? Is that you, Playa? A player coming across the Himalayas, love, that is definitely you. I have found you. Hello. I've been waiting. You know, for so long, you know, I never understood why my dad taught me certain things or why he made it a point to teach me about love in a certain way. I am just now at 24, about to be 25 in August, learning why he did just that. And now I'm grateful for those lessons. The reason being is because I would not have been able to recognize true love, pure love in its purest form. Now, please, before we get started, miss me with the bullshit. We're not going to do a Cinderella story. I'm not about to sit here and cry and tell you about how wonderful and blissful my relationship is. It's not going to happen. But what I am going to do is tell you about what I was taught versus what I saw, what I fell into, and where I am now. So before we start, we have to define love. My dad used to always say that I was a love child born in wedlock, okay, meaning that I was just a love baby. I I wanted to be hugged. I wanted to be kissed. I wanted to be spoken to sweetly, Um, you know, and that's exactly what he did. That's exactly um, the way that I was treated growing up. So as a first example of how you should speak to a lady, my father gave me a great example as a uh, you know, with the first examples of how you should treat a woman, he gave me a great example. Um, maybe not so much on the manipulative side, but as far as like the way that he spoke to me, the way that we worked through issues, the way that he gave me calmness in the middle of my storm, that's what I'm giving him credit for. Not all the bad stuff. We'll talk about that later. So, um, you know, my father was my covering or is my covering until I get married. And, um, you know, from 1994 until 2009, we all lived in the house together. Um, and I would say between 1994 and 2005 was when everything seemed normal for me. Things started to change after Hurricane Katrina. Um, I started to feel like I didn't have the covering anymore because there was uh, there were things that were going on in my house that were making my mother and father um, grow more separate, you know, in, in the things that they were doing. At this point, they were sleeping in separate bedrooms. So I was being taught about this type of love, this love, um, this type of love called agape love from the Bible. And it is, God, um, I'm sorry, it is love as God loves the church right? So it is perfect. It is without blemish. It is without condition. And considering that we were born into sin, the reason why God talks about this love is to help you understand that in my absence, while you um, while you continue to walk in my will, I want you to understand that in doing so, you make me happy and I love you. And this is the way that I love you by doing all of these things and promising you these things that you don't even have to ask for as long as you abide in me and I and you, right? Okay. That is the agape love that we're talking about. So he told me about or taught me about that love rather than teaching me about how humans love. Why? Because as you can see, the type of love that he was exemplifying or the type of love that he was involved in was not perfect. The only love that he knew that was perfect, something that he could teach me that would be of value, was what he taught 
himself and what he learned himself throughout his own life. And that was the love of God. Right. So as I, as I got older, I started to learn for myself that my parents were not perfect. Not only were they not perfect, but they didn't know how to love in the way that they taught me how to love. Isn't that fucking mind blowing to you that someone can teach you how to do something that they can't do themselves? Isn't it kind of like the saying, those who can't do plan or those who can't do teach? Right. Well, that was this situation. So as I got older, it became more of an issue for me because I'm realize, realizing like, okay, y'all two motherfuckers don't know how to love, right? Y'all, y'all fucked up. Y'all got a divorce. Y'all said you were going to be together forever and then didn't. Okay. So that's fucked up. And then you get out here and you have other individuals that weren't even taught about the love of God that are trying to love from this fucked up place of all the experiences and bullshit that they've been through in their life. And you want me to go out here and try to learn to love or teach other people how to love like this? It's fucking impossible, right? So here I go, um, leaving from under my mother's covering when I was 18, leaving from under my father's covering, you know, spiritual covering. I went out into the world with my little knowledge of how to love and only how to love as God loved people. And all I was ready to do was be hurt. Um, and I say that not to be bitter now, but to, to be honest, because I didn't know that it hurt so much. I didn't know that you can literally watch someone tell you how ain't shit you are and how much they don't like you and how much they don't want to be with you and how much of a mistake you were in this lifetime and yet still choose to love them because you know that that's not them because you know that that is an affliction. That was one of the main lessons that my dad always taught me um, when it comes to loving people is you can't hate the person because God loves people first and foremost. He loves what he created. He hates the afflictions. So you hate the affliction, you love the person. So this is what I've always practiced. And even when someone is hurting me, even when someone is showing me that they don't deserve my love, even when someone is, you know, constantly making me feel some type of way on a regular basis, I still choose to love them because that's not you. That's just your emotion. And sometimes just like we've talked about in another podcast, sometimes you got to separate your emotions from bullshit, but that's not easy to do if that individual has never experienced that. So this was a lesson that I had to learn through all three of my most recent relationships. The father of my child is a beautiful person, but he is, um, you know, he's, he doesn't know how to separate his emotion from what's right and what's wrong. And that's something that he's still in the process of learning. And two young, hot-headed Leos that got together and thought everything was going to be okay had a baby. And we went back to just being friends which is what we were before we had our child. So I tried to show him how to love, even though you're upset, that didn't work. He's still in that cycle right now. That's perfectly fine. I grew. I removed myself from that situation. Okay. Now I get into a relationship with Larry and I swear to God, if he ever hears this episode, he would probably fucking die, but it's the truth. I tried to love through not knowing who you are. Okay, so this is an individual that um, you know was hyper masculine, um, uh, hid behind his institutionalism. Uh, he was very intelligent, very smart. I'll give him that any day of the fucking week. Would give you some of anything. His favorite saying was that um, love is money. So if I give you my money, I love you. And in his mind, that was right. So if he paid for stuff and he did stuff, then he. 
obviously loved. And that's not that's not how that works, because um, you can buy a homeless man a sandwich. But if you throw it at him, what good have he really done? Let's be real. So I tried to love him through trying to figure out who he was outside of all of the fucked up shit that he has seen growing up. And I guarantee you to this day, if he were to, if you were, if anybody were to ask him, how do you feel about Mariah? He would genuinely say, she taught me how to love. And I've heard him say it on numerous occasions. Um, And I'm not bragging on myself. It's just that he never not only knew himself, but he didn't know what love felt like. So not only are you trying to find yourself, but you're also experiencing what real love looks like for the first time ever, ever. And I'm talking about from your mammy, from your pappy, from your sisters, from your brothers, from your cousins, from your aunts and your uncles. Never have real love. Okay, so that was the second relationship. Third relationship was LaVon. Anybody that knows that situation or knows about what happened knows that that was the most fucked up relationship that I was in. And on the outside looking in, you would have thought, oh, it's a tall girl and short guy. You know, they look like they have fun together. You know, they're two beautiful individuals, beautiful smiles. Looks like it might be a good relationship. But see, here's what I didn't know, ladies. Okay. I was trying to love a man into being a man. Okay. Now, I'm not about to sit here and have a whole 20 minute discussion with you guys about what makes a man a man. Any woman in her right fucking mind, a straight woman in her right fucking mind, knows what makes a man a man. Okay. Now, one of the biggest things is how you handle situations, how you handle yourself, how you handle me. Can you? Okay. So, um, I learned quickly that he had no fucking backbone. I have never met a man that had no, absolutely no backbone. So um, I didn't know that in high school when I first met him. So, you know, um, I, there were just certain things about him that I didn't know that I didn't, information that I didn't get from other people that I found out in a relationship. And then there was some other stuff on top of it that just made his cowardliness so grimy. So I was trying to love him into manhood. And that's not something that you could do. It's either you are a husband and you are a man when you meet the woman or you are not. That was what I did not realize. I realize that now. Okay. It cost me a whole hell of a lot of pain. It cost me my health. It cost me uh, you know, money, it cost me things that I can't get back. Okay. So fast forward. Okay. About four or five months from the breakup of me and LaVon. Okay. And my high school, another one of my high school friends, Dalil. Okay. Also, if you ever happen to hear this podcast, I need you guys to understand that I am being honest and this is my personal opinion. And fuck you if you don't agree. That's why we don't talk to this day. Now, anyway, moving on. Back to Dalil. Dalil was a lot like my father in the manipulative way and in the in the way that um, he was very critical. Um, and he always made me feel very intimidated. And I think that might have been the reason why he reminded me of my father so much and why I wanted to be with him, not necessarily for the good things, because in hindsight, when I look back at it, he was not someone that I would want to raise children with. He was not someone who was sweet to me. He was not soft with me. Um, although he did have a backbone, he didn't know how to handle people. So he was always rough and he was always abrasive. And on top of him being manipulative and me feeling intimidated, he was very intellectual. So that made me feel like 
mentally, I always had to be a couple steps ahead of him. And I didn't like that. You see what I'm saying? So, um, with this particular situation, although we weren't in a relationship, we always had love for each other. And I was trying to love him into understanding. Okay. So the first one was love you out of your emotion. The second one was love you into knowing yourself or until you know yourself. The third one was loving you um, out of your cowardliness and loving you into manhood. And the last one, which I, like I said, technically wasn't a relationship, but was someone that I loved and cared for deeply. Um, I was trying to love you into understanding and that's not something that you can do. Okay. So as of right now, we're at the 12 minute mark. And let me just go ahead and say that we have covered most of the ground that we're going to cover tonight. So those are just some major points in my relationships that I've realized I can't love people out of no matter how perfect the love is, no matter how much I try to do right by people, no matter how much I try to nurture you and care for you, you have to make that decision to exemplify love as God loved the church for yourself. And if you don't know God, it's damn near impossible. So I realized that unless someone truly understood my background and understood where I came from and how my thoughts work, I was never going to be able to find someone that loved me. And the crazy part about it is my mom always told me, you're not going to find a man in the world. You're not going to find a man, um, you know, that doesn't have any connection to what you're doing. Your your husband is going to be someone who is going to love you and support you and take you to the next level with your music and and be with you because you are you. So when I came across Kenneth, okay, um, it was like a breath of fucking fresh air. Okay, let me just tell you guys how we met, just in case anybody was wondering. We met on Facebook. It's weird, I know. But it's 2019, so don't judge me, okay? I was on his page. His little algorithm thing for people that you may know came across my page, and I was like, oh, hey, I think he's kind of cute. And um, I had seen something that he had put or that was shared from his page um, by a mutual friend of ours, so I clicked on it, and I went to it, and... I was scrolling through his page and I just saw things that he was posting and the way that he was speaking and the things that he was speaking on that made me feel like, you know, this may be a kindred spirit and not in a way of we relate to our fucked upness, but we have similar views about the fucked upness that goes on. Okay. So I reached out to him. We started talking and oh my God, when I tell you that this connection was fucking instant, like from the very first few moments of us having a conversation, it was beautiful. We clicked, we connected, you know, there was chemistry. And it wasn't just because we're two young people lusting after one another. It was a genuine, genuine, wow, genuine intellectual, spiritual, emotional connection that we made within just the first minute, few minutes of talking to each other. And literally it went from there. Um, Honestly, I can say that the realest relationship out of all of the ones that I have been in since my son has been born, um, and I know that sounds like a lot, but it's really not though, and I spaced them out if that counts for anything. But anyway, moving on. The realest relationship that I had was with my child's father, and not because of us knowing each other in high school, but because of the type of person that he is. 
there are two types of people in the world, the ones that can play games and the ones that don't know how to play games. He was an individual that didn't know how to play games. So I admired that about him, although his love was imperfect. Okay. So fast forward to this relationship. This is the realest relationship that I have been in since then. And I say that because of the type of individual that he is. He doesn't know how to play games. He's genuine. He's sweet. And I take that back. I take that back. It's not that he doesn't know how to play games. He just doesn't play them with me. And that's a beautiful thing. I don't have to wonder about what's on his mind. I don't have to say, babe, something is wrong. I don't have to say, you know, I had a bad day. He senses it. He knows it. So to backtrack just a little bit, you know, between him and Dalil, I went through this, you know, this bitterness phase, you know, and even to be honest with you before that, like probably midway through through me and LaVon's relationship, I started to just really hate love and hate relationships and hate marriage and hate everything that had anything to do with two people becoming one. I hated it for the fact that I wanted it so bad and nobody was willing to put in the work, the same type of work that I was willing to put in. So every time I would see a fucking couple, I'd be like, yeah, y'all gonna get divorced. <laughs> he proposed to you when? Girl, I bet you within six months, he's going to be fucking somebody else. You feel what I'm saying? I would never say that to somebody, but I guarantee you I had my moments. I had several moments of hateration in this dancery. Okay. So after meeting him, it's like I had conditioned myself in a way to like, even if it was real, it probably ain't. So I'm not even going to worry about it. I'm not going to take anything seriously, but I could not take this seriously. I could not feel what I was feeling. And like I said, I am a um, pessimist parading as a realist who is secretly an optimist. And I've always had this optimism towards love because, you know, mind you, don't forget the definition that we talked about earlier as far as love when it relates to me is a, a love baby. I was a love kid, a love baby, a little a love little girl. In other words, that's all I wanted. That's all I thought about. That's all I operated in. So to come across someone who was born and lived, lived and lives in the same way was refreshing to say the least. And I say refreshing because I, I've never met someone who who just knows the natural, simple fundamentals of how to give a fuck. You feel what I'm saying? Other than myself. And I'm talking about the simple shit like reciprocation or reciprocity, whichever form of that word you want to use. I'm talking about, give me a goddamn call when you think about me. Let me know that you're busy because it only takes a few seconds to send a text message instead of fucking ignoring me. You feel what I'm saying? Uh, make sure that certain things are done. You feel what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, babe, you really need anything? I got you. That's that's one of my biggest pet peeves. I hate when a man tries to pay for something for me. But if you want to look at like the old ways of how relationships are structured, you know, it's good for him to be a provider and a protector. And, you know, and that is what he is. But I don't require certain things of him right now because we are new in our relationship. So like, I'm just, I'm seeing this whole nother side of love that I was really already familiar with, but I feel like I had forgotten about because the world is so fucking shitty. So here comes this beautiful, sweet, gentle individual who gives you, who gives me anything and everything that I could ask for spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, 
all of that's covered. All of that's good. I'm okay. Um, and then not only that, but one thing I didn't have in all of uh, the other relationships as well was that they didn't care about William. Not necessarily that they didn't care about him. They'll ask like, oh, how's Will? You know, like, oh, you got to go do something for Will, whatever, whatever. Tell Will I said, hey. But it was never a genuine, honest, give a fuck about him, about our relationship, about the way he thinks, about what he's interested in, about what he wants to do. All of that is uh, is a conversation that we have on a daily basis about Will. William loves him. He uh, he calls him Kenneth with an S, not a TH, and I think that is so fucking adorable. But um, because I had made um, a bad decision in the past to let him meet Larry and Lawn. You know, I made a decision this time. I'm like, I don't want him to meet you. I don't want him. I don't want him to be around you yet. I don't think that it's time. And he was the one that was like, you're, you're coming up here for a birthday party. You should bring Will. I think it's time for us to meet anyway. And then bitch, I'm sorry, bitch, my bad. I didn't mean to call you a bitch, but I just, I, I get lost sometimes, but think about this for a second. Not only was he willing to meet my son and loves my son and us as a package, which is how it's supposed to be. He wanted to meet my baby daddy. Yo, I'm telling you, my asshole was in my heart. Not because I'm scared of my baby daddy, not at all. I I was nervous because I'm like, okay, this is the first real relationship with a real man that has real emotions for me, that really is crazy enough to want to marry my black ass. And and then on top of that, as the icing on the motherfucking cake, he wants to meet my baby daddy? Oh my God. So he decided that at my next event, it would be because he's, you know, he's one of my artists as well. So he decided that he wanted to meet him and he walked up to him just casual motherfuckingly, like you want no big deal. It was like, hey, I'm Kenneth. You must be Los. Wow, you really do look like Will. Blah, blah, blah. And went on about his business. And my baby daddy looked at me like, what? And when we got back to Chalmette, we were talking. This was like a day later. We were talking, and he was like, you know, I, you know, I like him. He's a pretty cool dude. Other, you know, anybody else that you mess with hasn't been that much of a man, hasn't, you know, come up to me and wanted to talk to me as a man. I, I admire that. I was like, wow. Yo, this is wild, B. This is my wild, B. Like, yo, my not only is my baby daddy on board with this shit, but this man treats me well. And loves me and my son. Yo, man, I got a man. Look, I would say something very vulgar right now in regards to how I feel and how good I feel about the situation. But for the sake of the fact that this show is technically about the struggles of business and marketing and your personal life, I'm going to keep it to myself. But just know I am very satisfied and highly favored. Okay. So um, I will end this podcast on this note by saying... Do not give up on what you know is right when it comes to love. Do not let the world convince you that because the rest of this shit is going on, that everybody is that way. Because I can guarantee you, just based on mathematical odds of 7 billion people, 7.4, I think, billion people on this planet all being bad is damn near impossible. Matter of fact, it is impossible. There are good people on this planet. There are good people that want to show you how much they can love you and how well that love that's real can put you back together. Also, never think that you can't be put back together. Never think that after you've fallen down, 
that no one is going to love you or that you can't pick yourself up again because that's just absolutely not true. And I'm not saying it to blow smoke up your asshole either. I'm telling you this because I've gone through this emotion. I felt worthless. I felt like I didn't want to live. I felt like I was not worth being loved. And then here comes this angel and reminds me of who I am. It reminds me of what real love, the right love, love as God loves the church as a covering feels like. And um, it feels pretty fucking good, ladies. So I just wanted to do this episode not as a as a shout out to him, but as a realization in myself, in my own personal life, that this is something that God orchestrated himself and that this is meant to be and that I want to be where I am. And lastly, last little thing, it doesn't feel like butterflies and roses and, oh my God, I'm so excited to see you. It feels like, no, you need to sit down and eat these Brussels sprouts because they're good for you. So when you get to that point, when he doesn't make your, your stomach turn and give you butterflies, but he makes you eat your Brussels sprouts, that's how you know it's right, sis. Y'all have a good night. I love you so much. I'm going to end this just like I said. I end it and I say every, 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 every podcast. I love you so much. I love everything that you want to do. I love every dream that you have. I love everything about you. And I want you to be the best that you possibly can. Set your mind to do something. Write it down and make it plain. Set a plan of action. Do that action. Make your goal a reality. Like I said, I love you so much. You guys sleep well or or wake up well, whichever part of the day you're listening to this podcast. And I hope you tune in again for Blackpool Marketing from Sink to Swim. Good night, y'all.